With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. ADT professionally installs Google Nest products, helping to make your home safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. And with Nest Cams and Nest Doorbell, you get intelligent alerts on what matters most. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's Thursday, which means it is time for another episode of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're coming at you live from the set of our new K-pop video. Or it might be that Seven installed a blacklight in the supply closet again. Hey, I like that one. Look at you getting creative. I'm getting creative. You only had to make me listen to that uh, that damn song like four times. We didn't even get through it once. You're like, I got to restart it. I'm like, why? Because why you kept shimmying in your chair so I could tell that deep down you were enjoying it. I think that might have been a minor stroke I was having. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. This week, we're going to talk about the roller coaster of worlds hype. Hearthstone reaches yet another milestone. Lies. Riot is almost as prolific at writing hit songs as they are at sexual harassment. A Smash legend comes out of retirement, and E-League have announced their next tournament. But first, this weekend brings us the RLCS Season 6 World Championships. Twelve teams will face off to try and win a share of a $1 million prize pool in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Last year's champion, Dignitas, will be looking to reclaim the title this year after going undefeated in the EU regular season. If they win, this roster will have won three back-to-back world titles. Are these three players that have dominated the RLCS for the last few years beatable at this point? I mean, you have two that have won back-to-backs and a third that has won three already, so that could be three and four after this weekend. Yeah, they are very tough uh, to to take down. If you've watched any tournament... Uh, they are just they they dominate, and I think the only ones I've, I the initially came close to mind was uh, was Flipside Tactics. I think they got third in the season six, uh, which was just last month, I believe. Um, I think they're probably the closest in the past. They've they've given them a run, I think, here or there, um, but ultimately, I think, yeah, I I, I still think nobody's going to take them down. I don't know how, I don't know how you do it. I mean, between the three of them, that is a lot of championships. So K-Drop and Violent Panda, as I said, they've won two, both with uh, Dignitas slash Gale Force Esports, which is the previous roster for. And uh, Turbo Pulsa has won three times already. So it's a lot of experience there. I, I agree Flipside is probably the only team that has any sort of a chance. But then again, the way that Esports Finals have been going for the last few weeks, like maybe they'll lose in a this 3-0. Is, this is true. This is true. Oh, I it, it is hard to tell who will win or where will that will end up. It could be just a bad day for them. We don't know. But there is some good news out there, which is uh, Ubisoft re- revealed earlier today that the uh, the first details of the Operation Wind Bastion 
uh, which will feature two new operators. There's going to be one defender and another attacker, and it's all based in Morocco or the Kingdom of Morocco. And the Operation Wind Bastion will introduce a new fortress map, uh, which will be the first ever map to have be heavily associated with an operator. I believe there's some cannon on that. But we're going to get the full reveal, I believe it's on November 18th during the Pro League Finals, uh, which is taking place in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So, you, I have to ask you. You, I'm assuming that's me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nobody else. You, the listener. No, uh, it's not like an NPR kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Ubisoft has been backing Rainbow Six quite heavily for a while now. We've seen it pick up steam, but will there will ever will we ever see it truly break through as like the large esport? Well, first off, they need to stop naming their operations after things I would call a Dutch oven. That sounds awful, doesn't it? Though it, who that, <laughs> that sounds like the worst possible one. I have I have got you with a wind bastion. So I don't think it ever breaks through. I think it stays in the tier that it's at. And it continues to stay steady. They have a good-sized audience. The finals of the Pro League tend to draw a good amount of Twitch streamers. I think, what, 60 or 70,000 last time I looked at it. Mm -hmm. Um, Well-attended finals. They keep going to slightly bigger and slightly bigger venues. It's a great atmosphere. I went to there uh, when it was in Montreal a couple years ago. And overall, I think it's a great game. I think Ubisoft is doing an amazing job. I don't, at this point, if it doesn't get picked up, I mean, that's the thing, right? When you look at League of Legends or Counter-Strike or some of the older games that are esports, they had a very sharp climb fairly early in their adoption. And in any ways, they grow and grow and grow and then maybe, you know, decay slightly over time. I can't think of a game that has just kind of rode steady in a lower tier and then one day we woke up and it's like broken through. And I don't know what they could do to this game that wouldn't drastically change it to give it a shot of like garnering a larger audience. I think, I mean, I don't see it like jumping tiers right away. I think it has continued to get better and better and better. And I've always been a big fan of rainbow six. It is, it's getting better in terms of being able to be viewed. And I think that was one of the weird things that hampered it before is because if you, if you're not familiar with the maps, um, and and some even some of the strats you're like why are these guys running around shooting holes in walls? Or like why is that guy just standing there playing with a toy? Right. <laughs> why is it look? Why is this dude always looking at a phone? Um. Anyways, I think there's a, a lot of things that um they can they can do to continue to grow it. Uh, I don't think naming is one of the is one of their things that is holding them back. Operation Wind Bastion. <laughs> right. Right. I do. I I really do enjoy it. it. The problem is it sits in this weird spot between like CS:GO. Uh, and you know some of the other first-person shooters. I don't want to say like necessarily Overwatch, but in terms of like being able to be viewed, I compared to Overwatch in some ways. Because um, it's but really, to it's C- but really it's CS:GO that is kind of hampered it. I think that players who have uh, once if CS:GO starts to taper off, I think they'll kind of flock towards Rainbow Six. Well, what do you what do you think about though about Call of Duty? Which when we, you know when we talked about uh, Black Ops Four coming out, we talked about some of the modes that they've stolen from other games, and this whole operator concept is something that is very very similar to what we've seen out of Rainbow Six, but seems to have done it in a more popular game. Or wait, hold on, what if Rainbow Six brings a battle royale mode? Now that would be like a giant tower. You had to run through it. Um, that would actually be kind and then of kind of observe cool. it because there's 25 floors. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, they'll just wait till they get done to, like the last couple and then go from there. But I, I don't know if that is the savior of Rainbow Six. I really like what they have going for them. I, I, it, I enjoy it. I if you haven't watched a Rainbow Six tournament, I think give this give this a go next weekend. 
it'll be worth it. I enjoy it. I think it's great. Um, I don't think there's going to be a mass scale of people that do, but, you know, we will see. Of course, this past weekend, while we were at BlizzCon, there was something else going on because Riot just loves to crush our sleep schedule, which just blow every year. Every year, Riot. But Worlds rolled around, and all the hype that we built up heading into the semifinals just petered out like a wind bastion. Fnatic, which had looked unstoppable throughout Worlds, uh, led their group, took 3-1 and 3-0 victories to get into the uh, finals, and then another 3-0. So we get a two 3-0s in the semis. We get a 3-0 in the finals. Fnatic d- just looked horrible against Invictus. There was like a two sub 30 minute games and just a slightly over 30 minute game. And I think that was mostly because Invictus was just like preparing to celebrate. And so they took a couple extra minutes to like uncork some wine before they killed the Nexus. Did it kill the hype? Like, did you, were you like super stoked? And then it just went, I really do. I I think uh, there was the the Cinderella stories going on with uh, EU and even EU making it to the finals here. Having the, Right, that we were we we're looking at even Cloud Nine coming up, maybe NA having admit, a chance, and then everybody, everybody that is very two tiers right now. Um, however, I, I think that it, if anything, this hurts, and it didn't actually hurt their numbers because I think they pulled the highest they've ever pulled. Last year they pulled like one million con, uh, concurrent viewers on Twitch, and then this year they pulled one point one four. So it's actually the biggest finals uh, in terms of viewership that they've ever had even though that arguably i think or not arguably i think numbers say that they've they've actually dipped across viewership numbers uh this year and generally speaking generally speaking yeah um but they have like i think when we talked about before heading into the semifinals, they were already like way ahead of the pace compared to last year right because you had such an amazing narrative you had these cinderella stories going on then the cinderella just got crushed uh, in, in the semis, and then I think people are like, well, there's still a chance for the, the stories to kind of redeem themselves. Uh, you've got Fnatic now, essentially, in, in the finals, there's a chance because they have... They've won it before. They, they, yeah, they, they beat them what, twice, I think, in the turn. They, they like took two games, it was yep. like, or whatever it may have been. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, one of the, it was the first time in world's history that two teams from the same group made it to the finals, and they lost in the groups to Fnatic, Invictus did. So it's super, super interesting that we had it was, and they were not that big. I mean, Invictus were favored, but not by that much. No, it was pretty minor. I think it, like we we looked at the numbers earlier on before the before the event, and it was it was pretty close. Yeah. And then yeah, I I just I would love to have seen at least seen like maybe a three one or something. Uh, I'm I'm glad they didn't go seven games for some random reason to make it even more punishing, or maybe even maybe they should <laughs> maybe they should have. What's that? I had an Overwatch stuck in my throat. Oh yeah, exactly. I, that's why we were like, "Why are they going seven games all of a sudden?" Um, it would have been—I uh, don't know—maybe they could have stretched all the games out to about an hour total at that point. <laughs> it was—it's pretty brutal. And when the games are like that fast, you're almost spending in, you're the entirety of your time during the draft. Yep. So to mention really quickly that before we move on the numbers that you were referencing, so we talked a few weeks ago about how up until the semifinals. Uh, the 2018 version of Worlds had already racked up 21.86 million hours watched, and the total for 2017 was 24.7 uh, hour million hours watched. So now, obviously, some of that is 
based on like the length of games and how long the telecast goes, and right. et cetera. But this was a fairly, I forget the exact numbers, it was a fairly rapidly moving world this year. There was a lot, especially as we went through the playoffs, a lot of like 3-0-3-1s that didn't stretch it out. We didn't have these like, you know, best of five, 60 minutes each time stuff we saw last year. Um, not nearly as much of that going on, so... Yeah, it's going to be it, it'd be interesting to see what the the total numbers round out to because Riot hasn't released those numbers uh, because as you mentioned the the semis and the finals were were fairly short compared to previous years yep. and so I don't think hours watch is going to be a really good way of doing because their broadcasts were much shorter. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of numbers, uh, let's go ahead and jump. Are there, are there numbers in this story? Yeah, well, no, well, kind of. Just add some. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds appears to finally be coming to the PS4. And that's according to a report on both Reset Era and Eurogamer. Now, this is a, a year, essentially, after it was released on Xbox as an exclusive, almost a year-ish to the date. Uh, so it looks like the game will be released on Xbox, uh, or sorry, will be released on PS4 December 12th. And we were talking about numbers because PUBG has been having some issues. Do you think that this is too little too late do you think the the xbox xbox exclusivity woo those are words i shouldn't be allowed to say words like that do you think that's hurt them well on the x blocks um i think things have been going great for them on the (laughs) so i I, too little too late i guess it really depends on how you look at it right they've already lost to Fortnite. there's nothing that is going to save that now is this who hasn't lost to Fortnite? i don't know the new battle royale mode coming to rainbow six we just launched that's right. Tower of Royale. Tower of Royale. Don't give them any ideas. It'll be sounds like a mobile game that Blizzard will publish with Netties. So, oh, savage. I, I just, I'm glad it's coming to PS4, but this is not what's holding the game back. You and I talk about this ad nauseum whenever we talk about PUBG and numbers. It's all about the fact that Fortnite is free to play and PUBG is not. So it raises the barrier to entry. And then you limit the number of platforms. So, yeah, throw it on the PS4. It'll be great. More people will buy it. There will be people playing it. The numbers will go up, but not significantly. It's it. They need to go free-to-play if they want any chance of catching Fortnite. They may just not be able to. That's Yeah, I, I think that's... For them to go free-to-play, they need to have figure out a, a better system for, for loot and earning money through microtransactions. That just hasn't been there because they originally started off and it was pay and they, that was kind of being added in later. And those mm-hmm. cosmetic items are atrocious but uh, for the most part. <laughs> um, but I think, that, uh, I think that the exclusivity did hurt them. I'm sure they made a good good amount of money. And it probably helped them in terms of having to narrow down what they're actually delivering in terms of a console build, because building games seems to be problematic for them at times, depending on the patch. But yeah, I I think it still has its niche. I think people who've jumped to Fortnite, Fortnite's still running into a lot of problems. They're rolling back things, changes that they've made because fans don't like it. I've seen some minor dips here and there. They're still enormous and they're still getting money thrown at them like like crazy. But um, yeah, I, I think we're... I think we're at a, at a spot where it will help, but it's definitely not going to pull them up out of the decline. I completely agree. Speaking of decline, this is an interesting topic. So Blizzard's Entertainment's popular virtual card game has reached an impressive milestone. Hearthstone now has over 100 million players, according to Blizzard. Do you buy that? Does this feel... So we just left BlizzCon. We talked a lot about the feeling of disappointment, especially around the Hearthstone announcement. 
it might be skewing our view, but 100 million players seems like a lot. Do you buy that this is like an active player number and this is legit, or does this feel overblown based on the feel, general feel of the community right now? Yeah, totally legit. All right, moving on to the next story. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I the part of the reason why I dislike them throwing out this number uh, is for a couple of things. One, that's more than likely your your install base, right? Yep. So it's not concurrent players or anything of that sort, or maybe even active. It may be not even active. Oh, it's more. It's definitely not active. They took a page out of Twitter's book, and they're just like, "Oh, we're just sitting on all these devices doing nothing, but pinging the API in the background." User. Well, I think Bethesda said something similar around. Uh, they released that uh, little mobile game for uh, what's that big game that they have? Diablo Immortal. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, a couple of people will release these numbers. They're not always accurate because they're people aren't playing. Riot does it. Everybody kind of does it, and so. The thing that also drives me a little crazy here is, remember back in the day when when World of Warcraft would release subscriber numbers, people go nuts. Yeah, and they yeah, and then they all of a sudden started kind of like dropping duplicate accounts or whatever it may be. Yep. The thing is, is like Team Five um, around Hearthstone has made multiple decisions to release in-game items around the fact of like, oh, if you get your friend to sign up for a Hearthstone or whatever it is, then you get this say. I think it's the the shaman hero might actually be from yep, that. Yep. And uh, there's also the the cross game promotion that they're notorious for. We see this a lot with Heroes of the Storm. Right, right. So you're trying to just pull those people in from other other places who may just sign in and play for whatever reason to get something from another game. They're not they're not continuing playing it. Or in a lot of cases, people create a second account, sign up for Hearthstone, and say get the darn shaman hero. Yep. Like it just there's a lot of duplicates here, and I don't trust that number as far as I could throw it. How far can you throw it? I can't because it's, it's it's 100 million. It's a concept, players. another thing. There's that. Oh, man. So let's move on to our next story. I don't. Why were we talking about this, Brian? Uh, this is, is it just because you've been listening to it all morning, all why afternoon? Why are we not talking about this? The things I had to pull out of this show, and somehow this one slipped by me. But the uh, <laughs> Pop Starts, a debut song of Riot Games' virtual K-pop group KDA, was met with rave reviews and millions of YouTube hits. So obviously you're not alone. I, I I can I can attest to that because YouTube is telling me that you're not alone. Rise up, my 24 million brothers and sisters. There are a lot of sad people. No, I'm joking. Uh, so it was released on November 3rd during the opening ceremony of the championships uh, in, in KDA's... Uh, what, KDA is this fake group. Uh, broke well, the record. yeah, they're like a virtual I, I, K-pop group. Yeah, this is so... Where's your background? Get on Wikipedia. No, yeah. Get get out of your parents' basement. Watch something else. Um, wow, I'm just just that, that's joking, at man. Sex, at sex seven at x seven on uh, the twitters. That, that's fine. That's fine. If you're a grown adult and you'd like to say, "Hey, I'm sorry. Why are we talking about a fake K-pop group?" Um, anyway, so but the the funny part is about this, and I love the, that you added this. Is it, this is the second hit song that that Riot has released out of worlds. Is it time for them to change their, their business model? I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, it shouldn't be Riot Games. It should just be Riot Media because they've not released any other games, but they've released other media, and that works. And a board game. And a board game. Yep, yep. I really just put this in here so I can make that really off-color joke about them being about sexual harassment and making music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so evidently they are... I think it's cool. I mean, you go on you go on YouTube. It's 24 million views right now for this K-pop song. They also did one with the glitch mob called Rise. They released at the beginning of uh, 2018 Worlds, which also did quite well. Uh, broke some records of some sort on Spotify. So uh, I think it's great. Like 
Good on them. They have like a whole music department that does all this kind of stuff, and so they, it doesn't surprise me they have that. No, I mean they, these are the outtakes from the the Ninja album. Is really what it is. <laughs> yeah, this sets precedence for Ninja's album, right? I I, I do agree that uh, creatively, Riot does some amazing stuff. Some their uh, their uh, champion like intro videos are very very cool. Mm-hmm. The the they release like comics and all kinds of this visual stuff. I think how media rich they've created a background around around champions that generally people just skip the well it's a game that started with literally no lore right right they've got nothing else to do evidently they're not making other games but now they've now they've they're making youtube video songs with fake k-pop bands i mean that beats the crap out of getting sued oh man you know what's funny is this I, i won't i won't go into it i was going to make this uh how well this was received over an actual entire game being released by another company oh, on mobile. But anyways, Savage. And not really, not, not necessarily, but anyways, you know, if you hint at the thing you're going to say by practically saying it, you've basically said it. No, I just find it interesting that people were just like all about this fake K-pop, but then you get an actual game released and people are like, why did you do this to me? Anyways, we cut it from the show because it's not esports related, but I'm going to take 30 seconds to just say how disappointed I am in gamers for what I saw at BlizzCon over Diablo Immortal. Like, for the love of Christ, can we stop being such entitled assholes about things? Yeah, it's gotten pretty crazy. I got into a few internet fights for not people because I said you said you liked the game. Is that why? Yeah, because I said I liked the game, and I said I was sitting in Minneapolis's airport and. Uh, I was, and I was like, you know what? I'd love to be playing right now is Diablo. Like for some reason, because we had played like the day before and I was like, I could, I could kill some time. I got like a three hour layover. I could kill it now, uh, playing some Diablo and I can't because it's not out. (laughs) So I I tweeted that and people were like, well, it's just a fake game reskin. I was like, no, it wasn't. It was built from the ground up. And then someone tried to correct me and saying it wasn't from the ground up. It was from scratch, which means they can't use any other parts anywhere else. I'm like, you've obviously never touched code in your life. <laughs> I was like, if you are. Yeah, I know we've, we I cut it from the show. Now we're talking about it. But it, as, a, sure de- as a developer, was, I see nothing we should say I, as, as, so, yeah, as someone who runs an engineering department. If someone built something from the ground up, knowing that you had code that already did parts of it and they didn't e- reuse it. To help you speed through things. I'd fire that person. Exactly. No, I wouldn't. There's probably people that work for me that are listening right now like, wait, what? <laughs> Don't want it. You're not getting fired. It's okay. I mean, if it... Anyways. I are, thought the game was fun. I played it at BlizzCon. I loved it. It right. Like, if think about it. When you play Diablo, you are mindlessly playing Diablo. The whole point of that game is to only be paying about half attention most of the time, right? Like, you're listening to music. You're, you're uh, watching K-pop videos. You know, you're doing whatever. So to be able to do that on the toilet... Seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Tencent Holdings is planning on using police databases to verify identities of its players and restrict game time for young gamers in China. The verification system will check identities and ages against police records for players of 10 mobile games by the end of 2018. Players 12 years old or younger will be restricted to one hour of play per day and banned from playing between 9 p.m. and 8 a.m., 13 to 18-year-old players can play Tencent mobile games for up to two hours per day. There are no restrictions for gamers over the age of 18. This is this is very Chinese. Like, this is a thing that you could probably never get away with in the U.S. What do you think about? Like, is this like? Are you cool as a parent? Are you cool with this? I I think parents should be able to just essentially police their own children's playtime, and some people like somehow to, we survived. There's there is a difference. Some people 
um, some parents have this idea of consumptive time, which is like playing games versus creative time with computers. And so if your kid enjoys making videos with Minecraft and they're only allowed to essentially play one hour, then they've got to, you know, maybe like to do videos and stuff with it. If that was the case, then they were going to need more than one hour. And I, but I think as a, as a parent, as an adult, you, not in Minecraft, um, it, I'm just saying that I think parents should be able to handle that themselves. This is super creepy, I think, and on multiple levels. It's very, I think, largely sad. The scary part is, well, it is also scary, Is that, but it's it's Tencent, and they've got their hands in everything. Yep. Like, they basically, I'm pretty sure, could block out, like, 90% of the games in China through some string of ownership. <laughs> and, and Tencent's had a really rough year. Really rough year uh, from a stock standpoint. Um, they've they've shed like I can't remember. It was like twenty percent off of their stock or something crazy. Like they've they've had their worst year I think on record. You're probably looking it up right now to double check me. Nope, nope. Uh, Go ahead, continue. <laughs> but uh, it, it has been steadily on the decline. I think it's coming back a little bit now. But they've they've taken some hits from the government basically around mobile usage, and this is probably their way of coming back and, and combating that and trying to get ahead. Uh, of, of things, but I, I feel like it may—it's also hurting them. But maybe they're already hurting that section, anyways. And it does, it's not really like it. This doesn't seem like a voluntary thing at all. Yeah, I don't know. We've seen this in Korea, right? Like because they've had yeah. a lot of issues, like in the PC bongs, with people like dying because they're playing too much StarCraft and things of that nature. And South Korea has also put laws in place to restrict the gaming that can be done by children of specific ages, whether it's at internet cafes or otherwise. So it's definitely, there's precedent for it in other parts of the world. I think it gets a little scarier when you're talking about like linking up to police databases and things of that nature. And being what I think is pretty restrictive, an hour a day just seems insane to me, regardless of age. Well, yeah, it's super low. I, now, to be clear, I, I believe South. To be clear, and then I'm going to say follow it by I believe uh, in South Korea, it was they restricted they restricted the the playing time in terms of time of day. So like like nine p.m. and eight a.m. or something like that, or something along this. It was like a, in From midnight the to six a.m. Okay, mi- are not allowed to play. right, midnight to six a.m. Close to sixteen, right? Which is different than saying you can only have one hour of play or you can only have two hours of play right. if you're on a mobile device. It's really weird stuff. Um, I think it's... It, it also it's tells you about scary. the technology there, right? Like they know that's your mobile phone and it is registered to you You know, and you're this, you're this old. And I mean, there's ways yeah. around it, right? Like how many, how many kids under the age of 12 have a cell phone? Versus like playing with their parents' iPad or something of that nature. Right. I mean, I'm sure there will be lots of people with multiple accounts, and then they can say, basically, I figured it out. Figured it out. Tencent wants to be able to say they have 100 million players on everything because of all the fake accounts that people need to have to play an extra hour every day. I thought you were going to suggest that we uh, start a business in which we allow people to rent out our identity so that they can play games endlessly in China. I feel it's completely safe and uh, totally doable. Here's my genius. That sounds 100% legal. (laughs) I accept Bitcoin. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no i think it's just it's it's scary dude it's really scary it is and this is the kind of thing but we will do it for a very different reason we will do it because you know we blame gun violence on games or something stupid like that's the kind of thing i see this getting suggested for in the u.s not because we care about how long kids are playing video games 
Right. Now, when you, you joke to like, oh, we, I can't imagine that flying in the United States. There are a lot of crazy things that do get um, proposed around video games in the United States. Not to this point because... You could have just left off the with video games part and still been accurate. Well, that, I was going to say, look at everything else going on. Uh, so it would not put it past anybody. I don't know. I mean, it's China. You you expect these type of things to happen. But like you said, Tencent being as big as they are makes this a pretty, pretty impactful change. Moving along, let's talk about some more Fortnite. Twitch streamer Dr. Disrespect is hosting a $20,000 Fortnite Battle Royale tournament. This is part of the Code Red Live series that he's been doing, where I believe he's also done uh, Call of Duty Blackout as well as PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Are we going to start to see these smaller tournaments, specifically in Fortnite, start to get phased out over time because people are just not caring as much? I mean, if you look at the grand prize that came out of the uh, fall skirmish that happened, that was sponsored by Epic at uh, TwitchCon, a $400,000 grand prize. Twenty grand just kind of seems like meh. Or will these continue as maybe community tournaments? I see. <laughs> They'll basically be like the contenders league for like TSM and, and Cloud9 and Tempo Storm, who have like 50 players each for Liquid. has like 50 players on their roster. Well, what's 52 then? Right, right. So I, I think they do matter. I think it's very important that they're there because Epic, as much money as they're throwing at it, I, I still think that a lot of these smaller tournaments run different rule sets. Uh, they tend to be more invitational, so they, they're kind of curated players. And I mean, people are going to be playing. <laughs> people are going to be playing Fortnite anyway, so why not play it and get a chance to win twenty thousand dollars? I mean, twenty thousand dollars is still uh, more than you'll see in just about any FGC fight. That is true, right? That, that is why Team Liquid can afford to have fifty of those players, but uh, Echo Fox can only afford to have two FGC players, right? So I, I think I think they they play a very big part in um in, in that Fortnite esports ecosystem even if they're not kind of pro tournaments they're more like online they're not lands um i i like to see those going because one day epic will back out of that space in in terms of or they'll they'll put in some kind of regulations or rules and uh people are going to, i don't like to see people get screwed by it and this allows them to continue to have something and and i think those kind of homegrown leagues are generally more entertaining i look at Take TV's Hearthstone stuff that they do, and I find it more entertaining than the majority of HCT events. Hey, there's 100 million people that disagree with you. No, I think they, they don't. <laughs> no, well, we're making like, up numbers. We might yeah. as well just apply But I'm just saying, can. I think they're, they're, they're more entertaining. They're more laid back. They're curated. The price pool is like $7,000, but like it, it's way better. I, I think it does remind of, me of like poker in a lot of ways, right? Like a lot of those small poker tournaments that are not the World Series of Poker or the World Poker Tour or whatever. Still, to this day, like kind of fun to watch because you never know who's going to win because you don't necessarily have all the pros playing in it. And it does have kind of that vibe. Yeah, I just don't think we should we should look at it from a monetary standpoint alone. I mean, you look at the Overwatch uh, World Cup that went on. Like there wasn't like a huge prize pool there versus anything else. And it was more entertaining to watch because the desk was loose. They were just having fun. Eating a lot of Lucios. The Eating wrong a lot of Lucios. That might have been what, what happened. <laughs> I think those um, Lucios have some sort of like crack in them because people start eating them and they go crazy. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so Blizzard uh, is also kind of jumping into that, that Fortnite bandwagon and, and, is, and is in discussion with Microsoft and Sony for console Overwatch cross-play. 
Now, uh, speaking to Eurogamer uh, during BlizzCon, Overwatch game director Jeff Kaplan said, Blizzard is super excited about what is going on with crossplay in all sorts of different games, from Rocket League to Fortnite. And he said his team is constantly meeting with Microsoft to gauge their receptiveness. It's something that it, he would be very excited for them to pursue. Now, how big of a deal is this for a game uh, whose console audience seems to be dwindling? Is one. And two... The difference between Fortnite and this and, and Overwatch is you paid to be on that other platform where Fortnite wasn't. So some people have paid to have a PC version. I know people who have PC versions and Xbox versions, and now you can play on your account across both. You've mm-hmm. kind of been cheated out of some money in the ways there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to address the latter first, I fall into that bucket. So when Overwatch first came out, I did not have a gaming PC, so I bought it for the PS4. And things like my pre-order skin for uh, Widowmaker, I can't use on the PC, and I had to buy the game over again for the PC. But they were nice enough to allow me to buy the Origins Edition again so that I could get my skins. So I do think that is a problem. I think the bigger thing here is I don't think this matters a whole lot. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to shit on the people that are probably still playing Overwatch from a console standpoint, but the console has largely been a second-class citizen to Blizzard and Overwatch in general. They tend to get updates later they're at the mercy of the cycle of the different developers for approval they obviously have to make tweaks to the control scheme there's no competitive scene for console players like say we've seen high-res do with smite and paladins so it really has been a a second-class citizen does it help if the server populations have gone down that's where it would help right when if you are playing on console and you're finding it's harder to get matchmaking it's harder to get into games quickly we can double that up by putting the two together so i i I mean it's not a bad thing by any stretch but i don't think it matters as much outside of the fact of just making that experience in multiplayer for console players a little bit better so there's a couple things i would like to know one i i I don't know if you've played it recently on xbox versus on pc I would love to know what the the situation is like on on Xbox right now uh, or any console because the consoles tend to run like he's mentioned builds that are a little further behind because of just the mechanics that they want to cater to it. Now, I w- if you're if you're out there and you, you play both, I would love to know what you think about this conversion of the two, right, yep. or this merging of the two. The other thing is, um, I, it, it, they don't specifically say that they're going to totally change builds or how one works without the other. But if the server population is running low um, or the consoles aren't doing very well by getting them onto the, a, a single build and not having to splinter that build saves them development time. And they're not having to constantly be like, well, we're, we're, this game is on life support, which is probably not on, on console, but they're, they're constantly that return on investment on making that console build is just constantly dropping. Right. Yep. So you want to find a way to combine that with the main build right. and save development time yep. and money. And maybe that's why they're technically looking at it now. It would make sense. There's no talk of making a true cross-platform, which would include the PC, because there's actual mechanics that are different in the console build currently than in the PC build, like Torbjorn's turrets and things of that nature that they try to tweak to make it easier on people that are not using mouse and keyboard. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm wondering if they will ever go to this one universal build or if they're going to still keep it separate. It depends, I guess, what's the bigger value, right? Pissing off the console players a bit by making them deal with PC mechanics or, you know, having a unified server. We'll see. 
Moving on, a new reality show is coming to esports thanks to a new partnership between G2 and online payment company PaySafe Cards. New show called Making the Squad will feature a competition between top gaming influencers. I love that word oh, to man. win a full time contract with G2's Fortnite content team. Um, so we saw the E League's The Challenger was kind of our first dose of like reality meets esports television. Does that make you excited for yet another entry into the esports reality television genre? I wouldn't say Ely was like the first one to do it, but we've definitely seen this tried a lot. And generally, um, it makes me feel awful inside. Um, and it's largely... Tell us how you really feel. No, I, I mean, because in this case... Uh, with E-Leagues was different. It was more documentary-ish sort of because they were holding a tournament, right? This is, we're going to bring a bunch of people together and make content around top gaming influencers trying to win a contract to be content makers for us. It's like you're just doubling down on bad content. So just like an audition. It is. It really is. And they're going to try and force their hand at, at some random stuff. And it's just going to be dumb. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of this at all because uh it's it's g2 capitalizing on a hiring process it's so weird um and it's so bad i don't know why this is just kind of crap tv yeah i mean if you look back at some of the attempts of this so there was gamers which was the counter-strike based one that happened last year that apparently they never paid the winners they also spelled gamers with a z so you know clearly someone should have caught on when they saw that it was gamers with a z uh we had e-league with the challenger which got a lot of criticism because of the quality of players that were invited to the house and they viewed that a lot of people were not necessarily like top tier street fighter 5 players there was a lot of legacy people out of street fighter 4 um, so this a little bit different. I don't know that I would call this of the same reality genre. Like you said, it is more of like a, I don't know, esports got talent kind of thing for content creation, but I don't know. It's, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's, it is very, very weird. They should spell it with a Z. Yeah. I was gonna say influencers. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, so funny that the next one falls on my my play here because earlier today I was had a very surprising uh, graphic sent to me of, of somebody using some of these new skins that are being found in Player Unknown's Battleground, which is uh, they've chosen to add in some star power in the form of the Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, the, their partnership with DC Comics and Warner Brothers and Blue Hole, the, all of them together, have added additional skins to PUBG, and people are coming up soon really creepy looking uh, uh versions of i don't know what you would say like mad max meets harley quinn and oh, it's really like weird stuff um no it's just <laughs> it's, it's some awkward stuff leave it to, to, to PUBG players um fortnite is also getting 32 nfl skins uh and uh and an extra fortnite uniform have have the branded skin wars begun i i I think this is the cool th thing to do now if you're a big company, right? Like, if we could pay Fortnite, we can pay Epic, or we can play Blue Hole to have advertising through the you know these skins in game why wouldn't you not especially fortnite right like think of the size audience that you're garnering and even if the money is not involved like everyone's running around in football players skins. now i can't wait because someone's going to do something stupid in fortnite with them they're going to like make like a nfl all-star game or something crazy like the uh, so i think it'll create some interesting content potentially out of it 
but this is this is the beginning of the end for me when this t- stuff starts to happen like we're just going to get flooded with a ton of crazy skins i mean i think the the earliest sign of this was the uh, cross promotion with samsung with the galaxy skin that right. they did that people were literally like going to department stores and trying to hack the phones so they would let them get into their account or in the galaxy skin because they had to do it on a samsung phone uh this 32 nfl skins just seems so silly to me um they had this like dumb video commercial for it where it's like all the different skins doing the Fortnite dances like they're celebrating in the end zone i don't know <laughs> i also imagine bleacher report is going to abuse the crap out of this and use this to make like a bunch of stupid videos because it's like nfl models in Fortnite. but i don't know it's it's weird i so my question here is did uh PUBG paid DC for the rights, and did the NFL pay Fortnite for the rights? Because it almost seems like it's completely backwards. It, we we have we we've seen games uh, add in skins and uh, different things going on based on events or movies and kind I of. I mean, just in a lot of ways, right? this is Overwatch where they do like their summer games thing around the Olympics, but the branding part of it is what pushes it over. Yep, I'm waiting for my my Paul Blart. Mall, mall cop three skin for Fortnite. that's what i rolled around on a segway t-posing yeah i like it i like it oh man so it seems that blizzard's overwatch league api the one that the app uses uh has accidentally leaked the branding for most of the new teams uh so we have according to a leak that was posted on twitter and reddit the shangdu hunters the hangzhou spark Paris Eternal, we already knew about the Toronto being the Defiant. No name yet for Vancouver. Uh, the Washington Justice, uh, the Guangzhou Charge, then we knew about the Atlanta Reign, uh, comes complete with logos, and I am air-quoting the living hell out of that use of the word logos. Um, by the way, in completely unrelated news, 99design stock seems to have risen. Uh, completely unrelated. Uh, could these be the worst logos in esports? Oh man, we really, we really picked on logos last year when they released a lot of them. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like when, worse. We, when we did, and uh, the NYXL one kind of grew on us a little bit as the year went on. True was, story. We 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 bashed it quite a bit, but it's like, oh, this actually kind of works out. Uh, some of these, however, I don't think they can or or, or won't. I and now I get Paris's. Uh, one which is the the rooster it's a symbol of france it's even on the, the kit for like the national team it's I, I get i get some of these so i'm not knocking what they symbolize um and that was actually not even one of the worst ones <laughs> but uh the washington justice one is l- the the worst i don't know was it the was it the hangzhou spark that is supposed to be like the outline of a hand with a finger gun with like sparks around it, weren't they the ones that were trying to get uh, railgun? Yes, <laughs> apparently they're like, no, railgun's too violent. Let's go with handgun. But again, again, none of these speak to a specific like canon within Overwatch. They're very generic. Oh, here you go. Yeah, again. I'm, I'm telling you, You're, man. You know what coming. it is. You're emboldened by your accurate prediction about the uh, multiple Overwatch heroes. So now you're doubling down on the esports league. You can't even tell. I'm not. I'm actually floating in the air now. I'm I, right now because I'm just like you're Zenyatta. I'm Zenyatta. Like I just, I got it. I, I, I can predict the future, um, but it can't predict Vancouver's name. It'll probably be like. I was going to say something kind of bad. Anyways, um, Vancouver's uh, name was the only one not released. I, w- I would like a guess from you, Brian. Oh, I have no idea. 
idea because these are all, in my opinion, some of these are really bad. Like the charge and the spark are bad. Oh man, maybe they will be the Vipers since uh, that was leaked. The Venom out. wasn't the Venom. Venom or Venom. yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Vancouver Venom double V. That sounds perfect. The very the, the, the funny thing is, is aside from the ninety nine designs joke, uh, was that as soon as I saw them. My second response, well, my first response is like, these have to be fake. And I found out they came from the API. I'm like, oh, damn, please let them be placeholders. Um, nope. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Uh, I can't wait to see the merchandise. It's going to be the Miami Mayhem all over again. The the Panda one, man. I don't know. Like That's like almost like Panda Globals mixed with it's Soul, like, it's the like, Souls logo. It's like a six-year-old drew it with a crayon. It could be. You know what it is? You know what it is? They're making their logos so that whenever you go to Denny's, you can get that little sheet to color them in with crayons. And yeah, that's what it is. There you go. They, that, you don't realize it, but the last time you went to a Denny's or an IHOP or an Applebee and they, they set one of those papers down in front of your kids and they drew on it, you those don't realize were getting it. Those submitted to Blizzard. <laughs> those were being submitted. And uh, they you you totally bit into it and they just stole your uh, There's a four There's a four-year-old somewhere that's about to become famous. <laughs> oh man this is this is quite quite awful uh, it's a shame this is an audio show because i would love to just play these and and just laugh at them but you know you have to visualize yourself or find them on the internet there we go there we go all right so there are 16 teams competing in the first major uh the dota pro circuit the 2018 2019 obviously those are consecutive years Whew, Good job, man so. i need to Keep up those numbers. Yeah. Uh, So that begins on November 9th. Uh, Each group is made up of four teams. Each equals uh, out to four groups with four teams each. Why why is this? Good math. Good Good math. math. Sometimes when you read the notes directly, uh, you sound like an idiot. I know. I know. I get it. Uh, Anyway, so group A A consists of uh, Team Secret, Pan Gaming, Ninjas in Pajamas, and Jay Storm. Group B is Evil Geniuses, Vici Gaming, TNC Predator, and Team Aster. Group C is LGD, Gaming, Fanatic, Gambit, Esports, and Tigers. And Group D, which will also be the fourth team, or fourth group that consists of four teams, which is Virtus <laughs> Pro, Forward Gaming, Panex, and Alliance. Four by four. So the groups are pretty pretty well balanced. The yeah. Group A is going to be probably the crazy one. Uh, do you see any, any favorites here? I mean... Virtus Pro, while not having been at the top of their game lately, did get. If there's a reverse group of death, that's kind of the group that they got. So they seem to have a fairly easy march out of that group. Then it's a matter of what comes from there. It's so it's hard to tell with them, right? They've been hit or miss. They were pretty big favorites going into the international um, and did not necessarily live up to expectations. So overall, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I have been trying to follow Dota a little bit more closely and having a team that has been consistent has helped which is one of the reasons why i know more about virtus pro than some of the other teams because they've actually committed to not you know roster apocalypsing themselves six times a year as one is want to do in dota 2 but i think they probably on paper have the best shot just based on prior history and because their group d is pretty weak uh, but i'm sure i'll be wrong and they'll get three out in the in the group stages i think we're gonna see evil geniuses play that cinderella story out that's my that's my prediction. Yep. Stop. If you keep becoming right, I'm just going to have to fire you and put somebody else in the show. You're, this just show gonna, you're just going to have to quit being mean to me and hug me. That's this, all. This, this show is not about accurate journalism, sir. It is about <laughs> I pointless know. conjecture. I'm spoiling it. The next know. thing you need know is like I need to determine like World Cup teams with like a ping pong ball and with, a baby with my elephant. nose. Yeah. 
Anyways. Don't know where we're going with that. Moving on, Smash Wii U legend Zero has signed with Tempo Storm. Zero, who competed for the majority of his career as part of TSM, has joined Tempo Storm for all future Smash Bros. Ultimate tournaments. So that will be kicking off in January after the game releases in uh, December. At the time of his retirement, he was basically the top Wii U player in the world. He was also ranked, I believe, 35th uh, last time he was competing in Melee. Um Obviously, this is the beginning of the wave, so we're not going to sit here and have too much conjecture, but it's great to see Zero back. It also is indicative of the chances of this game potentially finally unifying the two scenes because we're going to start to see some big names come out of retirement. I think what will be a big indicator is maybe if some Melee players finally decide to go over there. But but what are your thoughts about the, the chances of having a very thriving uh, ultimate scene as long as Melee still exists? I think it's going to happen. Uh, I, I feel like this is just too big uh, of a release with so many... With Nintendo actually getting behind it. Right, right. It's 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 too big of a, a game in itself, and Nintendo is finally... Finally seems like they're invested. We'll see. It's got to last um, more than three months, like is what they invest in every other eSport. Right, right. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that... Uh, it will continue. It'll thrive. Um, it'd be great if there were twenty thousand dollar tournaments in it as well. Um, I also, I am excited to see if he does come back and, and does any sort of duo s- stuff or, um, or or what the situation with Nairo ends up being because Nairo was Nairo was the first person to take him in Smash Four. So he had that crazy ass run. He was the first person to take him down. And then they end up doing together and wrecking people. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, if you can't, yeah, and that's how you just make a ton more money. But I think it's going to end up being. Uh, I've already heard more talk on other podcasts about it. How there's just so much coming in from a DLC standpoint. Even looking at maybe bringing in things outside of the normal Nintendo realm. Yep, it could get a little crazy more, there. More and maybe Waluigi. Knock on wood. <laughs> that would bring everybody back. Yeah, and I think I, I think it's going to be a constant stream of these announcements. Uh, and it, it's kind of like a roster apocalypse, but all these people are, are re-signing and they're coming out of the woodwork. So it's kind of like... Uh, I just It's not, nothing against Melee, but I would just like to see there be one Smash game. Just okay. everybody on one. Uh, to put your comment, by the way, about FGC prize pools into perspective, Zero is the only person to earn more than 100K playing Super Smash Bros. for Wii U put that in perspective for a second when the person who won Fortnite last Friday got four hundred thousand right it's right insane it's absolutely insane it definitely definitely is all right the last plug we gotta give a plug here because turner and img's esports tournament brand e-league which is obviously who? us who? us oh. e-league-ish well we're not technically e-league we're just hey we are in the closet within the borders of the office now Okay, <laughs> we've got Wi-Fi access is what he's trying to say. I'm on the note. Uh, they've announced that they, they've renewed their partnership with Psyonix to launch the E-League Cup, which is uh, around Rocket League this year. Uh, the event will see eight Rocket League teams battle it out November 30th. That's just in a couple of weeks. Is that two groups two? of four or four groups of two? Don't make me do math. You didn't put it in the notes. Anyways, so uh, that starts November 30th uh, through December 2nd with 150000 dollars up for grabs that's 150 times more than an average fgc tournament uh and it'll take place in atlanta at that beautiful beautiful ely green it's really right through this into. door here around the corner and over the mop bucket you keep you keep saying we can get there but i don't know they keep pushing us back in 
they, well, they put a broom in front of the door this time, so now it's right. like you're just stuck. got like a little door. They just like push a little like water. They just slid the press release under the door, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. "Read this." Right, right. So, are you? You're 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 going. Correct? I am myself and our producer Jules are going. Awesome, awesome times. Uh, are you excited? I don't know because I hear Jules snores, and I think I'm just going to be. So- <laughs> So I am excited because the one thing about E-League that are say, I don't know, NBC um, likes to do that E-League is not going to do is keep it at three versus three. Yes. We're not going to get some wonky 2v2 crap. We're probably going to get some big name teams. They've not announced the teams or the talent yet. That's because we're going to host it. Oh, sweet. No, that is not an announcement. Please, nobody think that's happening. They'll, like We had four people tune in and like three of them were your parents. <laughs> but i'm excited for it. i always like what e-league brings to to all the games they bring in and i'm not just saying this because we work for them uh they did a great job with rocket league they kept the 3v3 format instead of trying to get cute with it we tend to get professional teams so this is not just like some you know invitational thing where we slam some right. random players that never play together in there it's a good size prize pool we'll get the awesome e-league production values like overall pretty stoked for this yeah I think it's. I love watching Rocket League, and I like these one-off tournaments as well. It's like the opposite of Overwatch. (laughs) No, I like watching Overwatch as well. But no, but I'm saying I know exactly what's going on when I watch Rocket League. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I am excited for it as well. I I love when Eli gets their hands on a tournament. I think it'll be good stuff. Hopefully, they'll let us out of the closet for it. I I just want to know if uh, Jules is okay sleeping on a moon-shaped couch. That's all I got to we, know. We, we've already got the tiny sheet ready for her. That's right. It's going to be great. She has no idea what she's saying. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> the budget does not include a full-size sheet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Of course, you can catch us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eleaguereport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're there, hit up iTunes. Tell us what you think of the show. Uh, make a comment about Seven's math in the review. Like, I think if you can prove that you do better math than Seven by giving us five stars, that's one star times five. I And I got the 150,000... 150 times 1,000 math piece going on. Wow, you multiplied by one. Good job, Exactly, exactly. But I'm not dissing... To be clear, I'm not dissing FGC tournaments. I I wish they were given a lot more money. I do, too. Uh, I just... I wish you knew math better, too. Yeah. It's just sad that... that was the case. It is. It is incredibly sad. But leave us those one by five star reviews. We appreciate those to help. Uh, one juice by five. The, one by five. They juice the algorithms and help Seven learn how to do math. It's 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 win win for everybody. It's like Sesame Street. You can follow us at Ely Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or if you want to uh, help Seven with his math homework directly, you can do that over at Discord.EleagueReport.com. And if that's not enough esports content for you, be sure to check out our daily. E-League Daily. Uh-huh, there we go. Practice that one. Uh, for the day's top headlines available is an Amazon Echo we Flash so briefing on. or in regular old podcast forum. I think it's the cleaning supplies in here. They just start to like seep in your brain after an hour. Oh, is that one? I thought that was vanilla Coke syrup. I just having vertigo. Oh, on that note, before we uh, suffocate and die in here, that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back on Monday to catch you up on the weekend's news on the next episode of the E-League.